Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders' 40-32 win over the Kansas City Chiefs. I chose to watch this game first because I was curious how the Raiders managed to beat the Chiefs. It was one of the things I did not see coming about this last week. And while it's not surprising that the Raiders played well and that they were competitive, it is surprising that they were able to beat the Chiefs today. So I wanted to take a look and see how did that happen? How did that affect the Chiefs offense? Was it the Raiders defense? Was it how did the Raiders offense put so many points on the board? And my questions were answered. Let's talk about the winning side. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. It was a big deal for the Raiders to get back Henry Ruggs today. Felt like it was nearly as big for them to get Trent Brown back as well. Having that massive man on your right side kicks Denzel Good in the guard and increases the overall play of the line. And it was apparent today that that helped a good deal. I could see him on a number of plays getting in there, and he's just a mountain of a man. So it's, it's, it's nearly just damn intimidating seeing him on the field. But uh, absolutely having Henry Ruggs back strikes a little bit more fear in the heart of the defense, and as well it should. But let's talk about his quarterback first. Let's talk about David Carr. Oh, let's talk about Derek Carr. Who had the Freudian slip there with David, huh? Been talking a little bit about David Carr recently with the Texans changing regimes and the like there. But uh, his brother, Derek, has certainly had the more illustrious NFL career. And uh, he has really been on a roll the last couple of games, actually. You know, I, I always discounted him in these most recent years because of his lack of deep prowess. And it's not that he doesn't have the arm. Like a lot of times people don't go deep as often because they don't have the arm or they never did or whatever it is. Drew Brees is a good example of this right now. He used to go deep a lot more, but since his arm has waned a little bit, he doesn't quite throw that same deep ball anymore. And so he's less likely to do so. And he kind of works those intermediate parts of the field Derek Carr absolutely does have the arm to get the ball down the field. It just has been a lack of him doing it. And for whatever reason that is, I'm not sure, but Henry Ruggs absolutely gives him the confidence to throw the ball down the field. And it showed in these last couple of games because they've had a lot more chunk plays. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but those chunk plays, even though there's still plays on either side of them typically to make the touchdown, the drives that those plays happen on are typically the drives that they score on. Teams in general, not just the Raiders. It's it's a known thing amongst NFL circles where if you have a chunk play on a drive, you are – I don't know what the actual statistic is, but it's at least in the 70s, maybe even the 80s to score on those drives as far as the percentages go. So the fact that Derek Carr has been able to push the ball down the field more, and it doesn't. it wasn't just to – Rugs either. Nelson Aguilar got in on the bit. Hunter Renfro only had one catch, but it was a big one at a big time. So Derek absolutely was throwing the ball a little bit better down the field, and I want to zone in on that. And I want to say that that's really good for the rest of the offense because he still dinks and dunks it plenty, and he's still feeding Waller, and he's still feeding the backs. So Absolutely, I'm interested in them backing off of that a little bit so that Waller and everybody else can get loose in the intermediate term, and that would be a big boon to everybody in the Raiders' offense overall. 
I mean, even though Jacobs didn't have the yardage totals today, he got down there twice because the offense was working a lot better and was able to move the ball. And he absolutely took advantage of those goal line carries, not to spoiler alert for the running back part, but it was a big deal that the offense is moving overall. So as much of a impact as Henry Ruggs might have in the fantasy aspect, maybe as a, a wide receiver three in a boomer bust scenario, he absolutely has more effect on the overall offense as itself because everybody has to worry about his speed down the field. Then it backs off the safeties. There's less people to tackle Jacobs. There's less people to fill the box and it just makes their offense a lot more deadly. So having him back and he, he, he's not just a deep option either. He's going to develop more possession skills as it goes along. I can tell he just has the body control to do so. And he just needs to fill out a little bit, just like all these freshman wide receivers these rookie wide receivers they all need to fill out a little bit and take that next step and he absolutely looks like he has the tools in year one to, to do so so get hit the weight room get substantial you know just like Calvin Ridley did this year you know Calvin Ridley looks a lot bigger on the field and you can tell and it's showing in his game Henry Ruggs absolutely has that capability or more because he's faster he's way faster so I don't know exactly where I'd have Henry Ruggs in a starting aspect in year-long leagues, but you got to like what you're seeing from him, despite Derek Carr, you know, not really always going downfield. It looks like he gives him the confidence to, so that's a big deal for the offense and for Ruggs and for Derek Carr. Derek Carr is still more of a quarterback too, but I don't think I would uh, – trying to start him necessarily, but there's going to be instances where he's going to have juicier matchups and he's going to take advantage and do like, do things like this. So during bye weeks, I don't think I would shy away from him necessarily, you know, given the right matchup. And of course, if you're in a two quarterback league, you've loved what you've seen from him. Just know that there can be crater games if they're able to stop this uh, on, on defense. And of course the chiefs don't necessarily have the strongest defense in the whole world. So they're obviously more of an offensive team. You know, you definitely want to temper your expectations for Derek Carr, but still you like what you're seeing. You like the more downfield throws because they're not expecting it as much from him. And then when they're not, he bangs them downfield and it's, it's a good thing for the offense. Talked a little bit about Henry Ruggs right there. I think that's the only wide receiver I'd really be looking at at all with this. There's too much spread amongst the other receivers. Nobody's really been able to solidify a role that would really say, hey, I'm going to get targets from week to week, et cetera. Now, the targets are going to be there. They're going to have to throw the ball some, but they'd love to run the ball as much as they possibly could. And with everything being so spread out and the deep targets being a little bit more sporadic, I don't think there's anybody I'm really trusting at this point. Now, you're probably going to have some tougher times. There's going to be some bye weeks coming up. Maybe you have to play one of them in a pinch. I guess I'd probably be looking at Aguilar, I guess. I mean, it's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell outside of rugs, um, whether you'd want Renfro or Aguilar or whatever it is, because it's just so spread out and too sporadic. Because really, the number one possession threat is Darren Waller. That didn't change today. And he got a goal line throw again. And he was, it was a beautiful throw, a beautiful short catch. I don't see Waller slowing down any at all. Ruggs just pushes everybody downfield. Waller takes advantage, whether it's his size or his speed against linebackers or safeties or whatever it is, because they have to commit those cornerbacks now to Ruggs and the other wide receivers. Maybe somebody tries and takes Waller out, 
but now that's less likely with rugs in there. So for Waller owners, rugs continues health is actually a good thing. And uh, just like we talked about for everybody. So we're keeping Waller. Absolutely. He's going to continue to shine. I'm also keeping Josh Jacobs too. Now the 77 yards isn't a lot to write home about. And uh, certainly the two catches for eight yards, not impressed by that either. I don't like seeing Jalen Richard and Devontae Booker involved. Jalen in the passing, Devontae in the running. That certainly siphoned off some of the Jacobs touches. You know, 23 carries, two catches. Certainly you can see more on a given day, but you also don't want to blow him out. You don't want to get greedy in week five and then have him get hurt down the stretch. So them having someone to spell him is okay. I just wish that some of the tastier runs that Booker got would have gone to Jacobs in those moments because Booker was able to get loose on a 43-yard run as well as a couple other ones, and that would have really pushed Jacobs into that stratosphere had he been in on those runs. The, the runs that Booker got weren't anything Jacobs couldn't have done, obviously, but still it was actually a little encouraging to see that they actually had someone to spell him because, like I said, if they don't have anyone else and they have to push Jacobs all the time, then he's going to get blown out and you're not going to have him long term. Now, you want to see him used more in the passing game to insulate him from games where they're not able to run the ball like this as much because Casey definitely allowed them to do so, even though the numbers weren't there for Jacobs. Now, obviously, the touchdowns were there, and that's what was important. He had a beautiful dive uh, over the pile on the second one, and then he actually had a great run on the first one, too. The run on the first one was probably even more impressive because it was from eight yards out. And he gets all of those carries. So don't worry about that. That's, probably, that's part of his shine is that he's got all the goal line carries locked up. He's got all the important rushes locked up. It's just a question of not blowing him out, like I said. And uh, just, you know, a, a rush or two goes the other way. We're talking about one of the number one days of the week. So I'm keeping Jacobs. Certainly don't see him slowing down. I mean, certainly, you know, if they have to get away from the rush – He's not as insulated as I would like, but I got to think they know that they need to feature him and they've been showing signs that they do. It's not as much as I would like in the passing. And like I said, there was some today I wish he was in on, but still they know that he's what makes the offense run in its core. So they'll keep using him. And I so I'm not selling, I'm buying if I can. Then again, I mean, there are probably juicier running back options to go for, but it just depends on what teams are vulnerable for your trades. Speaking of juicy, I think everybody would have described this matchup for Patrick Mahomes and everybody on the Kansas City Chiefs offense as this is a juicy matchup, and most of them took advantage. Certainly, it could have been a bigger day, and I said I wanted to know why this game was lost by the Chiefs, and I'll tell you that the Chiefs were really hampered by their line play today. I didn't like the way that Patrick was having to run around the field all the time. There wasn't a lot of clean pockets that he was able to sit in and throw in. And while Patrick is great at cooking and outside the pocket and making throws and bending the field with his arm, he doesn't need to be doing that every time. He doesn't need to be running away from Max Crosby and Cleland Farrell and the rest every time. Now, it wasn't every time that's dramatic, but still it was the bulk of the time that he was running away from someone where he was having to cook on his own, 
it didn't feel like there was a lot going on in the flow of the offense in the second half. And I mean, really, they just shut him down. They, they finally got to him a couple of times in the second half and were able to sustain long drives. And by the time they started coming back, it was too late. Kudos to the Raiders for what they did in the second half on defense because they've just made Patty uncomfortable. And like I said, while he still made amazing throws and while he still was able to move the ball some, it just overall, he needs to be able to set up more and throw. And they lost the right guard in the second quarter today and they lost Sammy Watkins. So those are two big losses. They haven't been, Sammy Watkins hasn't been the height of production up until this point, but having him out there, having his possession game, having the different things he does out there certainly helps them. So that's a big loss, but I think the guard is the even bigger loss because Rimmers came in there, immediately got one of the penalties that called back a big play, and it just lowers the overall quality of a line that wasn't the top quality line to begin with. It's really more based on the weapons, but they need to be able to protect Patrick better than this, and he needs to have more time to throw. Now, he absolutely took advantage with his legs today, got the 20 on yards and the touchdown. We like to see that. He looks healthy. So he came out of the game healthy, it looked like. It looks like his legs are good to go. So that's all you can hope for in a situation like that. And absolutely, he produced for you in a fantasy value with the 340 yards, the two touchdowns, and the rushing touchdown and yards we talked about on top of the interception, of course. Now, I certainly see there being better times for Kansas City and from a team aspect especially. I'm shocked they lost this game. And certainly it points out some vulnerabilities in their game. But this can happen in any NFL season. That's why there's only one NFL undefeated season, because it's so hard to win all the games. Things don't go your way. I mean, they don't call that holding call on the first 65-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill, and we might be talking about a different game. You know, Raiders don't get so comfortable. They can't run the ball like they want to because they're catching up, and we're talking about a different thing. That's where the Chiefs get in is they get up up on people, then they're able to rush the passer, and that's where their defense shines. It's not when they get run on like this and when teams are able to establish the run and get comfortable, that's when the Chiefs are in trouble on defense, and it showed today. So I wouldn't put this loss on Patrick Mahomes by any means. I don't think anybody would, but they did bottle him up a bit, and so I'm definitely putting you know the win on the Raiders' defensive line. And I'll tell you, it wasn't just them. There was tight coverage down the field, too. So the, when Patrick got outside the pocket and was running around, the Raiders did a good job of sticking to their guys. And it showed because when he was able, trying to fit those balls in there a lot of times in crunch time, he wasn't able to because there was someone right, right there. And you really do have to be right on those receivers because he is capable of zipping the ball in there and doing that. But like I said, you have to give the Raiders credit on this because they had a great defensive game plan for all of that. We'll see what the less the league does with that when they see that film. They may try to replicate some of the things they did. And while they might not have the personnel to do so, that's certainly something you want to consider. Now, that doesn't mean I'm selling anybody on the Chiefs because they are going to have big offensive days. Tyreek was able to take advantage. He could have even had a bigger day with them calling back that touchdown. So, I mean, there's way bigger days for Tyreek. He looks healthy, too. That's the biggest thing with him is he running out there running like the cheetah, and he looked like the cheetah out there. So absolutely trade for him with confidence at this point because, I mean, while he's a little bit more fragile than some of the bigger options in the wide receiver game, 
I definitely like his prospects and I like what he's looking like at this point. And you know what? Sammy Watkins being out may help him. Him as well as Miko Hardman would probably be the biggest beneficiaries with that Sammy Watkins injury. Not that Tyreek needed extra targets, but still that may come and certainly any extra possession game and Tyreek's game is appreciated, you know, so he doesn't have to be so dependent on the deep ball, even though he comes through with that a lot. The other person I saw out there a lot more was Demarcus Robinson, even though he only had the two catches, but that is something to monitor. You know, he only had the two catches for two yards, but there was a lot more than that. And he was, he had a catch on the penalty. He got a red zone target that he nearly converted. I mean, there was more. And of course I did see a little bit more Miko Hardman as well was out there. Miko has explosive speed. I would love to see them mix him into more snaps, especially in best ball where you don't have to worry about starting him. I don't think I'm looking at anybody as a starter other than Tyreek and Kelsey at this point, but certainly Miko is going to be popular with Sammy Watkins being out for whenever, however long. And I, I wouldn't shy away from that, but you just have to know that there's going to be times where he's going to disappear a little bit too, it seems like. You know, because of his size, he's not out there on as many snaps, it feels like. And while they'll have to now, because they don't want to put Pringle or Kaiser out there as much as possible, Kaiser dropping a big possession for them at this point, you know, they'll probably want to try and lean on their more established options, I would think. Not always the option, though. And, of course, when we're talking established options, we're talking Travis Kelsey. He is just destroying out there, and I'm loving to see what he's doing. I feel like he's the one tight end quarterback that was worth it for a second-round pick. I never thought Kittle was, even though he had a destroyer week last week, and I still don't. Um, Kelsey is the one because Kelsey absolutely outproduces all these other tight ends by a good, a good enough margin where it does seem to make sense to draft him at that point. Now you probably missed out on something in the running backs and you probably should have drafted two running backs first. You could help it, but there was value in his second in Kelsey's second and third round values rather than some of the ones that I saw that I didn't like. Speaking of second round value, Seems like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been more of a running back two than a running back one for people so far. It's been a little inconsistent, and while he caught plenty of balls today and had way more targets, he just wasn't able to connect. You know, he he was a victim of not getting up in this game. You know, they were tied, and then Raiders got up, and he was just a victim of not getting enough touches in those moments. And of course, he didn't when they, they didn't really get close enough for him to really punch one in. Patty ran the one that was close enough for him to get in that wasn't a deep touchdown. So I think it's just a victim of game script for Clyde Edwards Alaire, but he still has not produced on the running back one level that I wanted, although he definitely shows that he has the tools. Maybe that's a function of him being a rookie, but he, he is kind of dominating the touches from the running back position too. So while they use Daryl Williams some, I like the way that they're using Clyde Edwards-Alaire other than just the way the game script broke on this one. So I got to think there's bigger days. I don't think I'd be selling. And I certainly think I might try to buy low on Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week if it was available. So because while they're going to have tough matchups and, and the like, it is the Chiefs. And if it's something I want to bet on, it's a Chiefs rebound, um, despite what I saw. Now, certainly there were some red flags in this game, but one-game aberrations happen, and I think that's what this is for the Chiefs. So maybe there's a buy-low window on some of this, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd be holding if I were anybody that was holding any Chiefs. 
Anyway, guys, that's what I've got for this game. Appreciate your time. Like, listen, subscribe, download. Those are all important for me. Uh, and uh, I hope you're able to use the information. Go out there and win your leagues, people.